guess who's back? <laughs> What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you have had an amazing day, an amazing week, an amazing month. Like, I really hope that that is a thing. Obviously, it's been a minute since we've come to you in this format, so I want to say thank you to all of you who are continuing to follow and connect with us on the socials where we have had regular content, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. If you're not checking us out there, please do so because there are all sorts of great things that are happening there. Shouts to all of you who are subscribed to our podcast in all of the spaces that you can find us, or if you're brand new because you heard about us in other spaces, welcome aboard. Consider subscribing to what we're doing here at The Faction. So yes, things have been extremely busy. If, if you've been following my account, you understand some of the busyness that has been going on. This past Sunday, we just had the one-year anniversary of Battle Slam, which was pretty awesome. Prior to that, we had, of course, great action at Southern Honor Wrestling. And coming up in May, we have our 50th show, SHW 50, which is crazy. Also, if you haven't checked it out, our latest commentary work with the Nightmare Factory is available. Student Showcase 9 is available on the YouTube page for the Nightmare Factory. By all means, check it out. Some great, great things there as you get to see the future of pro wrestling as they're coming right out of the Nightmare Factory camp. But we're not here to talk about that. We've got a lot to talk about. And a little bit of time. So we're going to try and do as much as we can in the small space. Now, one of the things, if you've been following what we've been releasing in terms of our short video content, is the fact that the month of April marks the 60th anniversary of the WWE Championship. Yes, the title began on April the 11th, 1963, where the first champion was crowned, and that was Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. Since then, a total of 54 men have held the WWE Championship over 146 reigns or so. And so the plan this week is to share some content with you, talking more about the WWE Championship and the men who have held that title. So it's ironic that in year 60 of the WWE Championship, Triple H makes a blockbuster announcement on Raw last night. So before I get into the announcement, let's just start here. So it has been a thing, obviously, for people to say that they have big announcements, massive announcements. We've seen that happen a lot on AEW. Now, it's hard to argue with the fact that AEW's announcement of their first stadium show wasn't a big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal, particularly over in London, a very, very big deal at Wembley Stadium. Some think that it's way too ambitious. However, looking at the fan base in London and in the UK, they actually could be right at home. And depending upon how they configure this building, it could be sold out. Now, let me define what that means. Now, Wembley Stadium without any sort of production, rigging, et cetera, et cetera, can hold anywhere between 80 and 90,000 people. We all remember it was about 31 years ago where the WWE invaded Wembley Stadium for SummerSlam and they packed in over 80,000 people. So, depending upon how AEW uses their setup, they could have an interesting number of people. I'm sure they will determine what that setup is going to look like based on how many tickets will be sold. Now, tickets go on sale at the top of May. So, if you are in the UK, and we definitely have some UK listeners, or if you're considering traveling to the UK, 
Certainly, you'll want to be on top of when those tickets go on sale in the UK. So that was one announcement that had been considered to be blockbuster. Of course, we heard the announcement from AEW about the launch of AEW All Access, which some thought was a blockbuster announcement. Others thought it was not. But what we do know for sure is that the content and the programming have really been solid. So kudos to AEW on that. Now on the WWE side, in terms of announcements, they have not tried to pull the announcement card an awful lot. Now, certainly when Triple H, the authority figure of WWE, shows up, it's a big deal. He showed up, of course, the night after WrestleMania to somewhat acknowledge the sale of WWE to Endeavor. And then from there, we went on to have one of the most lackluster Monday Night Raws after Mania in history. A lot of people got worried. We actually came on here to talk about that and to try to assuage the concerns of people. And as you saw by Friday and following since, the product has looked more consistent with the running of Triple H than it did of Vince McMahon on the Raw After Mania. So here it is a couple of weeks after that, and nobody's really talking about Vince McMahon and creative because of the things that we have seen on our television screens. And then here comes the big announcement, right? So what in the world could be announced by Triple H? Well, before I get into the announcement, we have to get into a rumor that was floating around there. And the rumor is that somehow CM Punk showed up backstage at WWE and was eventually asked to leave by Vince McMahon. That's the rumor that's out there. There are some people that are somewhat confirming this. I personally have a number of questions, and here's my first question. And I just want you to think about this logically, okay? Now, usually when WWE goes to a building, now you may or may not know this, but we've kind of seen this to some degree, there's usually a check-in list backstage in order to get access to the building so that random people just don't get to walk in backstage. So there's usually a list and people have to acknowledge their name on the list and whoever is doing security at that venue certainly has to check their name off to know whether or not they are in attendance, which is far different than what you see on television. Now we lend ourselves to the question, who in the world would have given CM Punk, a wrestler not contracted with WWE, access to a WWE venue? Did he enter the building potentially with somebody? Did security say, oh, we know you, you're CM Punk, you're here in Chicago, sure you could come in. Are they that aloof to his connection to WWE that they just let him in the building? If this happened, and I put a big emphasis on if, we have to ask ourselves some realistic questions. Who let this man into the building? Who would allow somebody who is not contracted to WWE into a building? Not just that, but someone who has such crazy history with the WWE, why would you allow them backstage? And if they were permitted in, why? Who wanted CM Punk inside of a WWE arena in Chicago? Very interesting question that I'm not sure a lot of people have thought of. So one of two things is true. Either someone allowed him in the building. And then my next question is, okay, if you are backstage and you got in on your own recognizance, the next question I have is, 
So how did you know where to go? Now, let me be clear as well. So we're talking about the Allstate arena here, okay? I'm sure he's been in that arena tons of times before. However, you just don't know what the setup of WWE's backstage is going to be. So were you heading to an office? Were you heading to locker rooms? Like, what does that look like? And AEW never ran in the Allstate arena. So in all of the places that AEW ran in Chicago, that was never one of their buildings. So it can't be just that level of familiarity with where WWE is going to set some things up. I know, I know, I'm thinking too much for some people. I get it. But the reason why I'm taking us down this train of thought is so that we critically think before we accept certain rumors to be true. And so laying out the case I've just laid, one of two things is true. Either it is a lie or an inaccurate piece of information that CM Punk had access to the WWE building and got in or someone allowed him in the building and someone escorted him to ensure that he would get to the places that perhaps he might have interest in being. Now, I wonder this, if indeed Vince McMahon was in the building, and we don't know, if Vince McMahon was in the building, how did Vince McMahon ultimately find out that CM Punk was there, okay? Did somebody come and tell him? Did he run into CM Punk? Like, how did this happen? Somebody would have had to have told Vince McMahon, and who would that somebody have been? I don't think it would have been a random security guard. It would have been somebody who would have had access to Vince McMahon. Are you following me? Yeah, so I'm bringing all of this out for us to be able to critically think when we hear this kind of news. Sure, it's amazing clickbait and great fodder for us as wrestling fans to sit back and go, wow, well, what would CM Punk be doing in a WWE building? Does this mean that CM Punk is coming back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? But let's critically think about this. Somebody had to give him access to the building if he showed up, his name had to have been checked off of a list or he must have been allowed into the building by someone else. How would he have made his way around backstage without being noticed? Obviously, he was noticed if this indeed happened. So I want to get your thoughts based on everything I just shared with you. Was CM Punk actually in the building last night for Monday Night Raw or at least before the show started? So that's one thing. With that rumor being out there, which again could have been just a rumor thrown out there for clickbait's sake or to kind of throw people off of what the actual announcement was, Triple H shows up at the 9 o'clock hour on the East Coast for Monday Night Raw to share a blockbuster announcement. We're going to dig into that announcement and talk about some additional news when we come back. What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to The Faction. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, 
wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. They were starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. A few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win and there's a you, there will always be a S-H-W. This is the Stroke Daddy Ricky Starks, and you know I only do it one way, and that's big. You're not listening to The Faction. All right, family, so let's get into this announcement from Triple H. Now, if you did not watch Monday Night Raw, this is going to be a spoiler, though something tells me that whether you watched it or not, that may have been spoiled by the amount of news that dropped about this piece of information, which would certainly classify it as a blockbuster announcement. So Triple H comes on to Monday Night Raw, and he talks about, all the great things that he has done, but then he gets into Roman Reigns, which kind of shocks a lot of people. Not exactly sure what announcement we'd be getting about Roman Reigns, but long story short, he announced that wherever Roman Reigns is drafted, he will take the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. And for the brand that does not have Roman Reigns, they will get a brand new world heavyweight champion. And with that, he unveiled the brand new championship belt, which I think is absolutely beautiful. And now we've got a scenario where one of these brands will once again have its own world champion. So let's think that's one of the reasons why we do this podcast and and why we have these conversations and why I hope you enjoy what we talk about is because we are going to think and we're going to think critically. So let's start here. Let's go back to the facts. The fact is that it has been over a year since both brands have had their own champion. Remember, it was WrestleMania 38 where the WWE Championship and the Universal Championship were both up for grabs in a winner-take-all match. Now, I have no idea what the plan was in terms of having both of these championships together. Would there be a scenario in the following year? 
where suddenly the WWE Championship would be singularly defended or the Universal Championship would be singularly defended. As we saw over the course of the last year, that was not the case. Both titles were defended as the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. So then... There was never an opportunity for anybody on Monday Night Raw to be the world champion of Monday Night Raw. There was just one champion, which over time, let me just say, I don't think was a bad idea given the dominance of Roman Reigns. No one's been able to beat him for the championship. And so a lot of people have been saying, and even some of you have said, we've got to split the championships. Both brands need their own world champion. Well, now we are getting ready to go to that space. A new world champion is coming, and that champion will be crowned on May the 27th at Night of Champions. So then, let's get into another question before we dig deeper into Triple H's announcement, and that is this. We know for sure that this new World Heavyweight Champion will be crowned on May the 27th at an event called Night of Champions. But here's the problem. If you have been kind of following, you know that Night of Champions was not the name of the event scheduled for May the 27th in Saudi Arabia. That event was actually called king and queen of the ring so initially the plan was to have the king and queen of the ring tournament kind of the first official queen of the ring tournament as a branded event it was supposed to happen in Saudi Arabia. Now, the irony of this is that the first queen of the ring and the last king of the ring were also crowned in Saudi Arabia. The king of the ring being Xavier Woods, the queen of the ring being Zelina. So then, why would WWE suddenly change the name of this event from king and queen of the ring to knight of champions? Well, no official reason has been given, though maybe after last night's announcement, we can make the assumption that perhaps for them, crowning a world champion was more important than naming a king and queen of the ring. And if we're completely honest, given the king and queen of the ring and the runs that they had, both of them were kind of lackluster. What did being king of the ring actually do for Xavier Woods? Not much. It did get him a match against Roman Reigns that he actually won by disqualification. One of the few that can claim any sort of win over Roman Reigns during this championship reign. But it was right after that match where Roman Reigns took the crown put it on his head and then at one point they stomped on it and we never really heard about the king of the ring again in terms of the queen of the ring Zelina dealt with an injury was out for a while and when she came back she was no longer queen of the ring instead she was now the female representation for Legata del Fantasma which has now been absorbed by the LWL so this was a very random change that there was no announcement to other than us hearing last night that the world champion would be crowned at night of champions now, let's also add another interesting piece to this because there's a lot of interesting things connected to this. Clearly, crowning a world champion is more important than naming a king and queen of the ring. And if we're honest, I think we can all agree that it is indeed more important given what they have and have not done with the king and queen of the ring. But during the process of this, it was very interesting to see what Triple H had to say about Roman Reigns and this title reign. While praising the near 1,000-day reign of Roman, 
He then went on to say that the WWE deserves a scenario where the world championship would be defended more than it has been, where the championship would be fought for, where we could be proud to call ourselves the WWE universe because we'd be proud of who our champion is. And because of that, we get a new world heavyweight champion. So I've got some questions right off the bat. Given that this year is the 60th anniversary of the WWE championship, what does this moment do for the WWE Championship? I want you to consider this. We have never had a moment in the history of WWE where we did not have the WWE Championship. When they moved to this space of having separate champions on Raw and SmackDown, initially the undisputed champion at that time when they did the first brand split was Brock Lesnar. He took that title over to SmackDown such that Raw ended up creating the World Heavyweight Championship, which of course was the big gold belt that had historic ties through WCW and the NWA. So there's that. And then when that championship was absorbed again by the WWE championship, then we got the Universal Championship, which also debuted on Monday Night Raw. So we had the WWE Championship and the Universal Championship. We are now getting ready to go into a world where we have the WWE Universal Champion and the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, but not the WWE Champion. So will the World Heavyweight Champion now take on the lineage of the WWE title? Will the universal part be dropped and it just be the WWE Champion? And then you get real confusion because the WWE World Heavyweight Champion is kind of how that title had been referred to before, but the World Heavyweight Championship has strong ties to WCW. And given the fact that this is a new belt, does this mean a new lineage, meaning a brand new championship that just happens to have the same name as the previous one? Yeah, we've got more questions than answers, and hopefully those questions will be answered in the coming weeks. The next thing we need to know is how are we determining a world heavyweight champion? Are we going to get some degree of a tournament? Who qualifies for this tournament? And we don't know which brand this championship will be on until as early as Friday night when we start taking a look at the WWE draft. So there are a lot of questions connected to this. I want to ask you for one, what do you think of the announcement of the World Heavyweight Championship? And two, what do you think about the championship belt? Personally, I think that the belt was created to resemble the World Heavyweight Championship of old. It kind of has a bit of a feel of the AEW Championship as well, just kind of taking a look at it. That WWE encrusted in the middle looks amazing. I like the belt. I do. I can't wait to see what it's going to look like on its champion. But here goes the next question, since we have a lot of questions. What does Roman Reigns have to say about this? Has his title run and title reign been damaged of sorts by what Triple H had to say? Does he continue to carry around two titles or will only one belt suffice? I mean, it kind of is silly to call yourself to hold two belts, but you're only a champion of one brand. What does that look like? Do we get a new belt for the Universal Championship? Or is it just the Blue Championship that represents the Universal title? All kinds of questions. I really do want to hear what Roman Reigns has to say. And hopefully we'll hear from him sooner 
than later. So now I want to throw another question at you. Who do you think would be a leading contender to become the world heavyweight champion? There are lots of thoughts to this. Obviously, Seth Rollins was a popular choice last night as people, you know, began cheering, you deserve it. Cody Rhodes has to be considered. Brock Lesnar, perhaps, could be considered. Bobby Lashley should be considered, even though he's in a bit of a battle for the U.S. championship. Do you put Finn Balor in there as a former and the first universal champion? What about Drew McIntyre, Gunther, Sheamus? Yeah, I've just named a few names right off the top of my head that could make for a very interesting championship tournament. What about Kofi Kingston if he's healed up in time? I don't know. AJ Styles, if he's healed up in time. I think we've got a lot of potential contenders for this new World Heavyweight Championship. I want to get your thoughts. Who do you think should be the first World Heavyweight Champion in this era with this brand new belt? Let us know in the comment section. Now, another piece of news before we get out of here, and that is the future of Mercedes Monet, who lost the IWGP Women's Championship over the weekend at a massive event for stardom. In the process, it has also been said that she has signed a contract extension with New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is not a surprise. If you guys have caught any of my commentary, be that on WWT Live or Wrestle Extra, you will know that it only made sense for Mercedes Monet to continue her run in Japan. I actually think that that run should have continued as champion. So I've got to ask this question, seeing that she only had one successful title defense and then lost the championship less than two months after winning it, we now have to ask ourselves a question. Was Sasha Banks' run in the WWE with very few successful title defenses a Sasha issue or a WWE issue given now that Mercedes has already lost the championship? I think there's a great conversation to be had there. And it makes me wonder if Mercedes feels like her role is better suited, not as the champion, but just as a significant figure in the company. We'll obviously find out more about that. But for those who thought that she would be leaving Japan, she's already stated she's actually looking to set down roots there to actually live there, which makes much more sense. You want to live closer to the office versus working remotely, especially when working remotely has you in a completely different country. So with that said, I want to get your thoughts on Mercedes Monet and her continuing her run in New Japan and stardom. And who do you think should be the first WWE World Heavyweight Champion? Let us know all of this on the socials at The Faction Show. Stay connected to our socials because, again, we'll have a lot of great content coming on there, which I'm sure you guys will enjoy. More discussions about the WWE title, the future of that, along with the World Heavyweight Championship, and much more. Until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, the EP, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I need my